Laser. A laser is a device that emits light through a process of optical amplification based on the stimulated emission of electromagnetic radiation. The term laser originated as an acronym for light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation. The first laser was built in 1960 by Theodore H. Maiman at Hughes Research Laboratories. Based on theoretical work by Charles Hard Towns and Arthur Leonard Shoalo. A laser differs from other sources of light in that it emits light which is coherent. Spatial coherence allows a laser to be focused to a tight spot, enabling amplification such as laser cutting and lithography. <clears throat> Spatial coherence also allows a laser beam to stay narrow over great distances, enabling applications such as laser pointers and LIDAR. Lasers can also have high temporal coherence, which allows them to emit light with a very narrow spectrum. They can emit a single color of light. Alternatively, temporal coherence can be used to produce pulses of light with a broad spectrum, but durations as short as a femotosecond, ultra-short pulses. Lasers are used in optical disk drives, laser printers, barcode scanners, DNA sequencing instruments, fiber optics, semiconducting chip manufacturing, and free space optical communication, laser surgery, and skin treatment, cutting and welding materials, military and law enforcement devices for making targets and measuring range and speed, and in laser lighting displays for entertainment. They have been used for car headlamps on luxury cars by using a blue laser and a phosphor to produce highly directional white light. <clears throat> Fundamentals Lasers are distinguished from other light sources by their coherence. Spatial coherence is typically expressed through the output being a narrow beam, which is diffraction limited. Laser beams can be focused to very tiny points, spots, achieving a very high irradiance. Or they can have very low divergence in order to concentrate their power at a great distance. Temporal or longitudinal coherence implies a polarized wave at a single frequency, whose phase is correlated over a relatively great distance, the coherence length, along the beam. <clears throat> a beam produced by a thermal or other incoherent light source has an instantaneous amplitude and phase that vary randomly with respect to time and position, thus having a short coherence length. Lasers are characterized according to their wavelength in a vacuum. Most single wavelength lasers actually produce radiation in several modes with slightly different wavelengths. Although temporal coherence implies monochromaticity, there are lasers that emit a broad spectrum of light or emit different wavelengths of light simultaneously. Some lasers are not single spatial mode and have light beams that diverge more than is required by the diffraction limit. All other devices are classified as lasers based on their method of producing light, i.e. stimulated emission. Lasers are employed where light, is, light of the required spatial or temporal coherence cannot be produced by simpler technologies. Terminology <clears throat> The word laser started as an acronym for light amplification by simulated emission of radiation. In this usage, the term light includes electromagnetic radiation of any frequency, 
not only visible light, hence the term infrared laser, ultraviolet laser, x-ray laser, and gamma ray laser. Because the microwave processor of the laser, the masser, was developed first. Devices of this sort operating at microwave and radio frequencies are referred to as masers, rather than microwave lasers, <clears throat> or radio lasers. In the early te technical literature, especially at Bell Telephone Laboratories, the laser was called an optical maser. The term is now obsolete. The laser that produces light by itself is technically an optical oscillator rather than an optical amplifier, as suggested by the acronym. It has been humorously noted that the acronym LOSER for light oscillating by a stimulated emission of radiation would have been more correct. With the widespread use of the original acronym as a common noun, optical amplifiers have now come to the referred to as laser amplifiers, <clears throat> notwithstanding the apparent redundancy in the designation. The back-formed verb to laze is frequently used in the field, meaning to produce laser light, especially in reference to the gain medium of a laser. When a laser is operating, it is said to be lazing. Further use of the words laser and maser is, in an extended sense, not referring to laser technology or devices, can be seen in usage such as astrophysical maser and atomic laser. Design A laser consists of a gain medium, a mechanism to energize it, and something to provide optical feedback. The gain medium is a material with properties that allows it to amplify light by way of stimulated emission. Light of a specific wavelength that passes through the gain medium is amplified, increases in power. Feedback enables stimulated emission to amplify predominantly the optical frequency at the peak of the gain frequency curve. As stimulated emission grows, eventually one frequency do dominates over all the others, meaning that a coherent beam has been formed. The process of stimulated emission is analogous to that of the audio oscillator with positive feedback which can occur. For example, when the speaker in a public address system is placed in proximity to the microphone, the screech one hears is audio oscillation at the peak of the gain frequency curve from the amplifier. For the gain medium to amplify light, it needs to be supplied with energy in a process called pumping. The energy is typically supplied as an electric current or as a light at different wavelength. Pump light may be, may be provided by a flash lamp or by another laser. <clears throat> The most common type of laser uses feedback from optical cavity, a pair of mirrors on either end of the gain medium. Light bounces back and forth between the mirrors passing through the gain medium and being amplified each time. Typically, one of the two mirrors, the output coupler, is partially transparent. Some of the light escapes through this mirror, depending on the design of the cavity, where whether the mirrors are flat or curved, the light coming out of the laser may spread out or form a narrow beam. In analogy to electric oscillators, this device is sometimes called a laser oscillator. Most practical lasers contain additional elements that affect the properties of the emitted light, such as the polarization, wavelength, and shape of beam. Laser Physics Electrons and how they interact with electromagnetic fields are important in our understanding of chemistry and physics. Stimulated Emission In the classical view, the energy of an electron orbiting an atomic nucleus is larger for orbits further from the nucleus of an atom. However, quantum mechanical effects force electrons to take on discrete positions in orbitals. 
Thus, electrons are found in specific energy levels of an atom, two of which are shown below. An electron in an atom can absorb energy from light, photons, or heat, phonons, only if there is a transition between energy levels that matches the energy carried by the photon or phonon. For light, this means that any given transition will only observe, absorb one particular wavelength of light. Photons with the correct wavelength can cause an electron to jump from the lower to higher energy level. The photon is consumed in this process. When an electron is excited from one state to that at a higher energy level with energy difference delta E, it will not stay that way forever. Eventually a photon will be spontaneously created from the vacuum having energy delta E. Conserving energy, the electron transitions to a lower energy level which is not occupied with transitions to different levels having the same time constraints. This process is called spontaneous emission. Spontaneous emission is a quantum mechanical effect and direct physical manifestation of Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. The emitted photon has random dis dis direction, but its wavelength matches the absorption wavelength of the transition. This is the mechanism of fluorescence, or thermal and thermal emission. <clears throat> a photon with the correct wavelength to be absorbed by a transition can also cause an electron to drop from a higher to lower level, emitting a new photon. The emitted photon exactly matches the original photon in wavelength, phase, and direction. This process is called stimulated emission. Gain medium and cavity. The gain medium is put into an excited state by an external source of energy. In most lasers, this medium consists of a population of atoms which have been excited into such a state by means of an outside light source, or an electrical field which supplies energy for atoms to absorb and be transformed from into their excited states. The gain medium of a laser is normally a material of controlled purity, size, concentration, and shape which amplifies the beam by a process of stimulated emission described. This material can be of any state, gas, liquid, solid, or plasma. The gain medium absorbs pump energy, which raises some electrons into higher states, excited, quantum states. Particles can interact with light by either absorbing or emitting photons. Emission can be spontaneous or stimulated. <clears throat> In the later case, the photon is emitted in the same direction as the light that is passing by. When the number of particles in one excited state exceeds the number of particles in some lower energy state, population inversion is achieved. In this state, the rate of simulated emission is larger than the rate of absorption of light in the medium, and therefore the light is amplified. A system with this property is called an optical amplifier. When an optical amplifier is placed inside a resonant optical cavity, one obtains a laser. In a few situations, it is possible to obtain lasing with only a few single pass of EM radiation through the gain medium, and this produces a laser beam without any need for the resonant or reflective cavity. Thus, reflection in a resonant cavity is usually required for a laser, but is not absolutely necessary. The optical resonator is sometimes referred to as an optical cavity, but this is a misnomer. Lasers use open resonators as opposed to the literal cavity that would be employed at a microwave frequencies in a maser. The, the resonator typically consists of two mirrors, between which a coherent beam of light travels in both directions, 
reflecting back on itself so that an average photon will pass through the gain medium repeatedly before it is emitted from the output aperture or loss of diffraction or absorption. If the gain amplification in the medium is larger than the resonator's loss, then the power of the recirculating light can rise exponentially. But each stimulated emission event returns an atom from its excited state to the ground state, reducing the gain of the medium. With increasing beam power, the net gain, gain minus loss, reduces to unity and the gain medium is said to be saturated. In a continuous wave, CW, laser, the balance of a pump power against gain saturation and cavity losses produces an equilibrium value of the laser power inside the cavity. This equilibrium determines the operating point of the laser. <clears throat> if the applied pump power is too small, the gain will never be sufficient to overcome the cavity loss, and the laser light will not be produced. The minimum pump power needed to begin laser action is called the lasing threshold. The gain medium will amplify any photons passing through it, regardless of direction, but only the photons in a spatial mode supported by the resonator will pass more than once through the medium and receive substantial amplification. The light emitted. In most lasers, lasing begins by spontaneous emission into the lasing mode. This initial light is then amplified by stimulated emission in the gain medium. Simulated emission produces a light that matches the input signal in direction, wavelength, and polarization, whereas the phase of emitted light is 90 degrees in lead, uh, lead of stimulated, simulating light. This combined with the filtering effect of the optical resonator gives laser light in characteristic coherence and may give it uniform polarization and monochromaticity, depending on the resonator's design. The fundamental laser line width of light emitted from a lasing resonator can be orders of magnitude narrower than the line width of light emitted by the passive resonator. Some lasers use a separate injection seeder to start the process off with a beam that is already highly coherent. This can be produce beams with a narrower spectrum than otherwise be possible. <clears throat> In 1963, Roy J. Glauber showed that coherent states are formed from a combination of photon number states for which he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physics. A coherent beam of light is formed by single-frequency quantum photon states distributed according to the Poisson distribution. As a result, the arrival rate of photons in a laser beam is described by Poisson statistics. Many lasers produce a beam that can be approximated to as a Gaussian uh, beam. Such beams have the minimum divergence possible for a given beam diameter. Some lasers, particularly high-power ones, produce multi-mode beams, which with the traverse modes, often approximated using Hermit Gaussian or Lagrange Gaussian functions. Some high-power lasers use a flat-top profile known as a top-hat beam. Unstable laser resonators not, not used in most lasers produce fractal-shaped beams. Specialized optical systems can produce more complex beam geometries, such as bezel beams and optical vortexes. Near the waist or focal region of a laser beam, <clears throat> it is highly culminated. The wave fronts are planar, normal to the direction of propagation, with no beam divergence at that point. However, due to diffraction that can only be remained true well within the Rayleigh range, rally range. The beam of a single traverse mode Gaussian beam 
uh, laser eventually diverges at an angle which varies inversely with the beam diameter as required by diffraction theory. Thus, the pencil beam, directly generated by common helium-neon laser, would spread out by this, to the size perhaps 500 kilometers. When shown on the moon from the distance to the earth, on the other hand, the light from a semiconductor laser typically exits the tiny crystals with a large divergence up to 50 degrees. <clears throat> However, even such a divergent beam can be transformed into a similarly collimated beam by means of lens system, as is always included, for instance, in a lesser laser pointer whose, whose light originates from the laser diode. That is possible due to the light being of a single spatial mode. The unique property of laser light, spatial coherence, cannot be replicated using standard light sources, except by discarding most of the light as, as can be appreciated by comparing the beam from a flashlight or spotlight to that of almost any laser. A laser beam profiler is used to measure the intensity, profile, width, and divergence of laser beams. Diffuse reflection of a laser beam from a matte surface produces a, a speckle pattern with interesting properties. Quantum versus classical emission processes. The mechanism of producing radiation in a laser relies on the stimulated emission, where energy is extracted from a tradition in an atom or molecule. This is quantum phenomenon described by Albert Einstein, who derived the relationship between the A coefficient describing spontaneous emission and the B coefficient, which applies to absorption and stimulated emission. However, in the case of the free electron laser, atomic energy levels are not involved. It appears that the operation of this rather exotic device can be can explained without reference to quantum mechanics. Continuous and pulsed modes of operation. <clears throat> A laser can be classified as operating in either continuous or pulsed mode, depending on whether the power output is essentially continuous over time or whether its output takes the form of pulses of light on one or another time scale. Of course, even a laser whose output is normally continuous can be intentionally turned on and off at some rate in order to create pulses of light. When the modulation rate is on a time scale much slower than the cavity lifetime and the time period over which energy can be stored in the lasing medium or pumping mechanism, then it is still classified as modulated or pulsed. Continuous Wave Laser Many laser diodes used in communication systems fall in this category. <clears throat> Continuous Wave Operation Some applications of lasers depend on the beam whose output power is constant over time. Such a laser is known as a continuous wave, CW. Many types of lasers can be made to operate in continuous wave mode to satisfy such an application. Many of these lasers actually laser in several longitudinal modes at the same time. The beats between the slightly different optical frequencies of those oscillations will, in fact, produce amplitude variations on timescales shorter than the road trip time, the reciprocal of the frequency spacing between modes, typically a few nanoseconds or less. In most cases, these lasers are still termed continuous wave, as their output power is steady than average over any longer period of time. With the very high frequency power variations having little or no impact in the intended application, however, the term is not applied to mode-locked lasers, where the int intention is to create very short pulses at the rate of a round-trip time. 
For continuous wave operation, it is required for the population inversion of the gain medium to be continually replenished by a steady pump source. In some lasing media, this is impossible. In some other lasers, it would require pumping the laser at a very high continuous power level, which would be impractical or destroy the laser by producing excessive heat. Such lasers cannot be run in CW mode. Pulsed Operation Pulsed operation of lasers refers to any laser not classified as a continuous wave, so that the optical power appears in pulses of some duration or at some repetition rate. This encompasses a wide range of technologies addressing a number of different motivations. Some lasers are pulsed simply because they cannot be run in continuous mode. In other cases, the, the application requires the production of pulses having a large as energy as possible. Since the pulse energy is equal to the average power divided by the repetition rate, this goal can sometimes be satisfied by lowering the rate of pulses so that more energy can build up in between pulses. In laser ablation, for example, a small volume of material at the surface of the workpiece can be evaporated if, the heat is, if it is heated in a very short time, while supplying the energy gradually would allow for the heat to be absorbed into the bulk of the piece never attaining a sufficiently high temperature at a particular point. Other applications rely on the peak pulse power rather than the energy in the pulse, especially in order to obtain nonlinear optical effects. For a given pulse energy, this requires creating pulses of the shortest possible duration, utilizing techniques such as Q-switching. The optical bandwidth of a pulse cannot be narrower than the reciprocal of the pulse width. In the case of extremely short pulses that implies lasing over a considerable bandwidth, quite contrary to the very narrow bandwidths typically of CW lasers. The lasing medium in some dye lasers and vibronic solid-state lasers produces optical gain over a wide bandwidth, making a laser possible which can thus generate pulses of light as short as a few femtoseconds. Q-switching In a Q-switching laser, the population inversion <clears throat> is allowed to build up and to by introducing loss inside the resonator, which, which exceeds the gain of the medium. This can be described as a reduction of the quality factor or Q of the cavity. Then after the pump energy stored in the laser medium has approached the maximum possible level, the introduced loss mechanism, often an electro or a Q-sto optical element, is rapidly removed and or that occurs by itself in a passive device, allowing lasing to begin which rapidly ob obtains the stored energy in the gain medium. This results in a short pulse incorporating that energy and thus a high peak power. Mode Locking A mode locking laser is capable of emitting extremely short pulses on the order of tens of, tens of picoseconds down to less than 10 femtoseconds. These pulses will repeat at a round-trip time that is, the time that it takes the light to complete one round-trip between the mirrors comprising of the resonator. Due to the Fourier limit, also known as energy time uncertainty, a pulse of such short temporal length has a spectrum spread over a considerable bandwidth. Thus, such a gain medium must have a great gain bandwidth sufficiently broad to amplify those frequencies. An example of a suitable material is titanium-doped artificially grown sapphire, which is a very wide gain bandwidth, and can thus produce pulses of only a few femtosecond duration. 
Such mode lock lasers are most versatile tool for researching purposes occurring on extremely short time scales, known as femtosecond physics, femtosecond chemistry, and ultrafast science. For maximizing the effect of nonlinearity in optical materials, due to the large peak power and ability to generate phase stabilizing trains of ultrafast laser pulses, mode locking ultrafast lasers, underpin precision metrology, and spectroscopy amplifications. Pulsed pumping. Another method of achieving pulsed laser operation is to pump the laser material with a source that is itself pulsed, either through electronic charging in the case of flash lamps or another laser which is already pulsed. Pulsed pumping was historically used with dye lasers where the inverted population lifetime of a dye molecule was so short that a high energy, fast pump was needed. The way to overcome this problem was to change up large capacitors which are then switched to discharge through flash lamps, producing an intense flash. Pulsed pumping is also required for three-level lasers in which the lower energy level rapidly becomes highly populated, preventing further lasing until those atoms relax to the ground state. These lasers, such as excimer laser and copper vapor laser, can never be operated in CW mode. History Foundations in 1917, Albert Einstein established a theoretical foundation for the laser and the maser in the paper Zur Quantentheorie der Strahlung on the quantum theory of radiation <clears throat> via a re-derivation of Max Planck's law of radiation conceptually, conceptually based upon probability coefficients, Einstein coefficients for the absorption, spontaneous emission, and stimulated emission of electromagnetic radiation. In 1928, Rudolf W. Leidenberg confirmed the existence of a phenomena of stimulated emission and negative absorption. In 1939, Valentin A. Fabricant predicted the use of stimulated emission to amplify short waves. In 1947, Willis E. Lamb and R.C. Rutherford found apparent stimulated emission in hydrospectra and affected the first demonstration of stimulated emission. In 1950, Alfred Kassler, Nobel Prize for Physics 1966, proposed the method of optical pumping, ex experimentally confirmed two years later by Brossel, Kassler, and Winter. Maser. In 1951, Joseph Weber submitted a paper on using stimulated emissions to make a microwave amplifier to the June 1952 Institute of Radio Engineers Vacuum Tube Refer Research Conference at Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. <clears throat> After this presentation, RCA asked Weber to give a seminar on the idea and Charles Hardtowns asked him for a copy of the paper. In 1953, Charles A. Hardtowns and graduate students Joseph James P. Gordon and Herbert Z. J. J. Zeiger produced the first microwave amplifier, a device operating a similar principle to the laser, but amplifying microwave radiation rather than infrared or visible radiation. Town's maser was inca incapable of continuous output. Meanwhile, in the Soviet Union, Nikolay Basov and Alexander Prokhorov were independently working on a quantum oscillator and solved the problem of continuous output systems by using more than two energy levels. 
These gain medium could release simulated emissions between an excited state and a lower excited state, not the ground state, facilitating the maintenance of a population inversion. In 1955, Prokhorov and Basov suggested optical pumping of a multi-level system as a method for obtaining the population inversion, later a main method of laser pumping. Town reported that several eminent physicists, among them Niels Bohr, John von Neumann, and Lewell Thomas, argued the Maser violated Heisenberg's uncertainty principle and hence could not work. Others such as Isordor Rabbi and Polycarp Kush expected that it would be impractical and not worth the effort. In 1964, Charles H. Towns, Nikolo, Nikolay Basov, and Alexander Prokhorov <clears throat> shared the Nobel Prize in Physics for fundamental work in the field of quantum electronics, which has led to the construction of oscillators and amplifiers based on the Maser laser principle. Laser. In April 1957, J Japanese engineer Jun Ichi Nishizawa proposed the concept of a semiconductor optical maser in a patent application. That same year, Charles Hard Towns and Arthur Leonard Shalow, then at Bell Labs, began a serious study of infrared <clears throat> optical masers. As ideas developed, they abandoned infrared radiation to instead concentrate on visible light. In 1958, Bell Labs filed a patent application for the proposed optical maser, and Shallow and Towns submitted a manuscript of their theoretical calculations in the Physics Review, which was published in 1958. Simultaneously, at Columbia University, graduate student Gordon Gould was working on a doctoral thesis about the energy levels in excited thallium. When Gould and Towns met, they spoke of radiation emission as a general subject. Afterwards, in November 1957, Gould noted his ideas for the laser included using an open resonator, later an essential laser device component. Moreover, in 1958, Prokhorov independently proposed using an open resonator, the first published appearance of this idea. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Shallow and Towns had decided to, on an open resonator laser design, apparently unaware of Prokhorov's publication in Gould's unpublished laser work. At a conference in 1959, Gordon Gould first published the acronym LASER in the paper LASER, Light Amplified by Stimulated Emission of Radiation. Gould's intention was that was that different. ASER, acronym, could be used in different parts of the spectrum. X-ASER for X-rays, UV-ASER for ultraviolet, etc. Laser ended up being the gener generic term for the non-microwave devices through all <clears throat> although razor was briefly popular for denoting radio frequency emitting devices. Gould's notes included possible applications for a laser, such as spectrometry, infrarotrometry, radar, and nuclear fusion. He continued developing the idea and filed a patent application in April 1959. The U.S. Patent Office denied his application and awarded a patent to Bell Labs in 1960. That provoked a 28-year lawsuit featuring scientific prestige and money as the stakes. Gould won his first minor patent in 1977, yet it was not until 1987 that he won the first significant patent lawsuit victory, when a federal judge ordered the U.S. Patent Office to issue patents to Gould for the optically pumped 
and the gas discharge laser devices. The question of how to assign credit for inventing the laser remains unsolved by historians. Recent Innovations Since the early period of laser history, laser research has produced a variety of improvised, improved and specialized laser types, optimized for different performance goals, including new wavelength bands, maximum average output power, maximum peak pulse energy, maximum peak pulse power, minimum output pulse duration, minimum line width, maximum power efficiency, minimum cost. And this research continues today. In 2015, researchers made a white laser whose light is modulated by a synthetic nanosheet made out of zinc, cadmium, sulfur, and selenium that could emit red, green, and blue light in varying proportions, with each wavelength spanning 191 nanometers. In 2017, researchers at the TU Delphit demonstrated an AC Josephson junction microwave laser. Since the laser operates in a semiconducting regime, it is more stable than other semiconductor-based lasers. The device has potential for applications in quantum computing. In 2017, researchers at TU Munich demonstrated the smallest mode-locking laser capable of emitting pairs of phase-locked picosecond laser pulses with repetition frequency up to 200 gigahertz. In 2017, researchers from the Physical-ish Technisch Bondensentalt PTB, together with U.S. researchers from JILA, a joint institute of the National Institute of Standards and Technology (NIST) and the University of Colorado Border, Boulder, established a new world record by developing an erbium-doped fiber laser with line width of only 10 millihertz. <clears throat> Types and Operating Principles Gas Lasers Following the invention of the HENE gas laser, many other gas discharges have been found to amplify light coherently. Gas lasers using many different gases have been built and used for many purposes. The helium neon laser is able to operate at a number of different wavelengths. However, the vast majority are engineered to laze at 633 nanometers. These relatively low-cost but highly coherent lasers are extremely common in optical research and educational laboratories. Commercial carbon dioxide lasers can emit many hundreds of watts in a single spatial mode, which can be concentrated into a tiny spot. This emission is in the thermal thermal infrared at at 10.6 micrometers. Such lasers are regularly used in industry for cutting and welding. The efficiency of a CO2 laser is usually high, over 30%. Argon ion lasers can operate at a number of lasing transitions between 351 and 528.7 nanometers. Depending on the optical design, one or more of these transitions can be lased simultaneously. The most commonly used lines are 458 nanometers, 488 nanometers, and 514.5 nanometers. A nitrogen traverse electrical discharge and gas atmospheric pressure laser is an inexpensive gas laser often home built by hobbyists, which produce rather incoherent UV light at 337.1 nanometers. 
Metal ion lasers are gas lasers that generate deep ultraviolet wavelengths. <clears throat> Helium silver, 224 nanometers, and neon copper, 248 nanometers, are two examples. Like all low-pressure gas lasers, the gain medium of these lasers has quite narrow oscillation line widths, less than 3 gigahertz, 0.5 picometers, making them candidates for use in fluorescence suppressed Raman spectroscopy. Lasing without maintaining the medium excited into a population inversion was demonstrated in 1992 in sodium gas and again in 1995 in rubidium gas <clears throat> by various international teams. This was accomplished by using the external maser to in induce optical transparency in the medium by introducing and destructively interfering the ground electron transitions between two pads, so that the likelihood for the ground electrons to observe any energy has been cancelled. Chemical lasers Chemical lasers are powered by a chemical reaction permitting a large amount of energy to be released quickly. Such very high power lasers are especially of interest to the military. However, continuous wave chemical lasers at very high power levels fed by steams of gases have been developed and have some industrial applications. As examples in the hydrogen fluoride laser and the deuterium fluoride laser, the reaction is a combination of hydrogen and deuterium gas with the combustion products, produ products of ethylene and nitrogen trifluoride. Excimer lasers. Excimer lasers are a special sort of gas laser powered by an electrical discharge in which, in which the lasing medium is an excimer, or more pre precisely, an exiplex in existing designs. <clears throat> These molecules, which can only exist with one atom in an excited electronic state, once the molecule transfers its ex excitation excitation energy to a photon, its atoms are no longer bound to each other and the molecule disintegrates. This drastically reduces the population of the lower energy state, thus greatly facilitating a population inversion. Excimers currently used are all noble gas compounds. Noble gases are chemically inert and can only form compounds while in an excited state. Excimer lasers typically operate at ultraviolet wavelengths, with, which a with a major applications including semiconductor photolithography and LASIK eye surgery. Commonly used excimer molecules include ARF, KCL, KRF, XCCL, and XCF. The molecular fluorine laser emits at 157 nanometers in the vacuum ultralight is sometimes referred to as an excitomer laser. However, the appears to be misnomer in so much as F2 is a stable compound. <clears throat> solid state lasers. Solid state lasers use crystalline or glass rod, which is doped with ions that pr provide the required energy states. For example, the first working laser was a ruby laser made from ruby, chromium doped, doped core, Corundium. The population inversion is actually maintained in the dopant. These materials are pumped optically using a shorter wavelength than the lasing wavelength, often from a flash tube or from another laser. The usage of the term solid state in laser physics is narrower than the typical use. Semiconductor lasers, laser diodes, are typically not referred to as solid state lasers. 
Neodymium is a common dopant in various solid-state laser crystals, including yttrium orthovanadate, yttrium lithium fluoride, and yttrium aluminum garnet. All these lasers can produce high powers in the infrared spectrum at 1064 nanometers. They are used for cutting, welding, and marking of metals and other materials, and also in spectroscopy and for pumping dye lasers. These lasers are commonly frequency doubled, tripled, or quadrupled to produce 532 nanometers green, 355 nanometers, and 266 nanometers UV beams, respectively. Frequency doubled diode pumped solid state lasers are used to make bright green laser pointers. <clears throat> Yerbium and holmium, thulium and erbium are other common dopants in solid state lasers. Yttrium is used in crystals. They are very potentially very efficient and high powered due to a small quantum effect. Extremely high powers and ultra short pulses can be achieved with homium doped YAG crystals emit at 2097 nanometers and form an efficient laser operating at infrared wavelengths strongly absorbed by water bearing issues. The Ho YAG is usually operated in a pulsed mode. The, the, and pass through optical fiber, fiber surgical devices to resurface joints, remove rot from teeth, vaporize cancers, and pulverize kidney and gallstones. Titanium-doped sapphire produces a highly turnable infrared laser, commonly used for spectroscopy. It is also noted, notable for each use of the mode-locked laser producing ultra-short pulses of extremely high peak power. Thermal limitations in solid-state lasers arise from the uncovered pump power that heats the medium. This heat, when coupled with the high thermo-optic coefficient, can cause thermal lensing and reduce the quantum efficiency. Diode pumping thin-disc lasers overcoming these issues by having a gain medium that is much thinner than the diameter of the pump beam. This allows for a more uniform temperature in the material. Thin disc lasers have been shown to produce beams of up to 1 kilowatt. Fiber lasers. Solid state lasers are laser amplifiers where the light is guided due to total internal reflection and a single mode optical fiber is called a fiber lens. Guiding of light allows extremely long gain regions providing good cooling conditions. Fibers have high surface area to volume ratio which allows efficient cooling. In addition, the fiber's wave-guiding properties tend to reduce thermal distortion of the beam. Erbium and yttrium ions are common active species in such lasers. Quite often, the fiber laser is designed as a double-clad fiber. This type of fiber consists of a fiber core, an internal inner cladding and an outer cladding. The index of three concentric layers is chosen so that the fiber core acts as a single-mode fiber for the laser emission while the outer cladding acts as a highly multi-mode core for the pump and laser. This lets the pump propagate a large amount of power into and through the active inner core region while still having a high numerical aperture to easy launching conditions. Pump light can be used more efficiently by creating a fiber disc laser or stack of such lasers. Fiber lasers have a fundamental limit in that the intensity of the light in the fiber cannot be so high that the optical nonlinearities induced by the local electric field strength can become dominant 
and prevent laser operation and or lead to the material destruction of the fiber. This effect called photo darkening. In bulk laser materials, the cooling is not so efficient and it is difficult to separate the effects of photo darkening with the thermal effects, but the experiments in fibers show that the photo darkening can be attributed to the formation of long living color centers. <clears throat> Photonic crystal lasers. Photonic crystal lasers are based on nanostructures that provide the mode confinement and density of optical states, DOS, structure required for feedback to take place. They are typical micromatter size and turned tunable on the bands of the photonic crystals. Semiconductor lasers. Semiconductor lasers are diodes which are electronically pumped. Recombination of electrons and holes created by the applied current introduces optical gain. Reflection from the ends of the crystal form an optical resonator, although the resonator can be external to the semiconductor in some designs. Commercial laser diodes emit a wavelength from 375 nanometers to 3,500 nanometers. Low to medium power laser diodes are used in laser pointers, laser printers, CD, DVD, laser diodes are also frequently used to optically pump other lasers with high efficiency. The highest power industrial laser diodes with powers up to 20 kilowatts are used in industry for cutting and welding. External cavity semiconductor lasers have the semiconductor active medium in the larger cavity. These devices can generate a high power out outputs with good beam quality. Wavelength turn tunable narrow line width radiation or ultra, ultra short laser pulses. <clears throat> dye lasers. Dye lasers use an organic dye as a gain medium. The wide gain spectrum of the available dyes or mixtures of dyes allow these lasers to be highly tunable or to produce very short duration pulses on the order of a few femtoseconds. Although these tunable lasers are mainly known in their liquid form, researchers have also demonstrated narrow wide-length tunable emission in dispersive oscillator configurations incorporating solid-state dye gain medium. In the most prevalent form, these solid-state dye lasers use dye-doped polymers as laser medium. Free electron lasers. Free electron lasers, or FELs, generate coherent, high-power radiation that is widely tunable, currently ranging in wavelength from microwaves through terahertz radiation and infrared to visible spectrum to soft x-rays. They have the widest frequency range of any laser type. While FEL beams share the same optical traits as other lasers, such a coherent radiation fell operation is quite different. Unlike gas, liquid, or solid-state lasers, which rely on bound atomic or molecular states, FELs use a relativist, relativistic electronic beam as a lasting medium, hence the term free electron. Uses When lasers were invented in 1960, they were called a solution looking for a problem. Since then, they have become ubiquitous, finding utility in thousands of highly varied applications in every section of modern society, including consumer electronics, information technology, science, medicine, industry, law enforcement, entertainment, and the military. Fiber optic communication uses lasers in a key technology in modern communications, allowing services such as the internet. The first widely notable use of lasers was the supermarket barcode scanner. 
introduced in 1974. The Laserdisc, LaserDisc player introduced in 1978 was the first successful consumer product to include a laser, but the compact CD disc uh, <clears throat> player was the first laser-equipped device to become common beginning in 1982, followed shortly by laser printers. Some other uses are communications, medicine, industry, military, law enforcement, research, commercial products, entertainment. <clears throat> Safety. Even the first laser was recognized as being potentially dangerous. Theodore Ma Maiman characterized the first laser as having the power of one Gillette as it could burn through one Gillette razor blade. Today is accepted as even low power lasers with only a few milliwatts of output power can be hazardous to human eyesight when the beam hits the eye directly or after reflection from a shiny surface. At wavelengths which the cornea and the lens can focus well, the coherence and low diver divergence of the laser light means it can be focused on the eye to an extremely small spot on the retina, resulting in localized burning and permanent damage in seconds or even less time. <clears throat> 